0: good afternoon everybody you know when I heard that clip it made me feel like I was going on a roller coaster again I uh, just got back from um, a trip to Tennessee with the family at a family reunion the Pierce reunion um, Pierce family's a little bit extended a lot of them are living in the United States they are probably watching today but we had a great time in Pigeon Forge Tennessee I had never been to Pigeon Forge until this trip and I have to tell you I was pleasantly surprised. When Megan said to me we were going to Tennessee in a cabin in the woods, um, I thought, great, we're going to be in this secluded place with nothing happening and in a house with like, I don't know, six families. But it was awesome. It was awesome. Have any of you here been to Pigeon Forge before? Okay, so you guys know what I'm talking about. It is something to be seen. It's the place of Dolly, um, you know, the singer, actress, um, and the theme park was something else. I have to tell you, I can report that I got over my fear of roller coasters and I went on I, what I was told, the lightning rod, which is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, in North America. I remember going up this ride... And uh, it, it doesn't do that clink sound, like the chain going up. It shoots you up. It goes, and then you go down the same you know, length you went up. And I remember getting the top. I said to Megan, oh my goodness. I thought I was going to die. Seriously. Um, so, and the whole time, you got these little restraints, and you feel like you're going to fall out. But I made it. So I'm here, and here you are. I have to say, it is a blessing to see all of you here today. I heard the jokes that, uh, you know, Brian shared last week. He said, I don't know if there's going to be a congregation uh, when you come back. So you're here, and that's a good thing. So welcome. I want to thank Brian again for stepping in. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed last Sunday, um, what he had to share. I was tuning in as we were driving along the interstate in Tennessee, So I was listening to every word and uh, praying for you guys and I really do believe that you were probably stretched in some ways, maybe challenged in some outlooks, Um, and at the end of the day, we all love Jesus. At the end of the day, the goal, as Brian was saying, he wanted to come and encourage you and there's times where the word of God is going to stir you, might even make you uncomfortable at first but I hope that you were blessed by what he had to share. Now, you might be here today, and you're thinking, I have some questions for him. That's okay. If you do, um, we're going to put the contact info up on the screen there, Claudia. It's bvon at hopefortoday.ca. If you have any questions about his message, maybe there's something you didn't quite hear potentially, give him a shout, send him an email, and I would encourage you to try and get his phone number because you know what it's like when you're sending a text message, you're firing an email, you lose that personal um, touch. Um, So be sure to to do that if you have any questions. So this afternoon, I'm going to invite you to turn to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to kind of take a step back From our new series last, uh, well, two weeks ago, we started this new series, Join the Movement. And we were looking at Matthew 4 and 5, looking at the Beatitudes and what Jesus was bringing to us. What he was, uh, the kingdom of heaven was breaking forth. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, has come near. And that in Christ, this covenant, the full reality of the covenant is being realized in him. And so, just for a few moments, I'd like to just do a quick recap before we jump into Romans 5. A beautiful thing about Matthew, Levi was showing us that in Jesus, there's this new way forward. We all like new things, don't we? We like when there's a a new day, when a new day dawns. It's a new beginning. We appreciate new beginnings. And in many respects, in Christ, because we believe in Him, we encounter new beginnings new outlooks, that in faith were reborn. How many of you, when you came to Christ, you experienced this reborn type of nature? We've all experienced it. There's this work in process. Our heart is being reorientated and yet bursting at the seams. In Ephesians 6.24, it says that by the grace of God, we have this undying love for him. So we have this undying love that's being renewed and we're being conformed and transformed to the image of Christ that beckons us to step into spiritual maturity. You believe in Christ, you've stepped into him. Now let's move on into ministry. Let's move on and following after him. In many respects, that's what Pastor Brian was trying to communicate last week, that in Christ, because we're secure in him, Let's not use our liberty to cause a stumbling block for others. Because of love, let's champion them. Let's lift them up as we serve God and honor God. And so today I want to look at, in Christ we have peace and hope. In Christ we have peace and hope. How many of you like a guarantee Maybe, kind of. <laughs> we all like guarantees, only we? When, we, when we purchase something or we go somewhere, when there's a guarantee, especially on an item, it gives us those warm fuzzies, if you will. A reassuring feeling, this is guaranteed. This is going to go the distance. In many ways, when we look at Romans chapter 5, Paul, in many respects, is doing that for us, saying that by faith in Christ, your position in him is Secure. Your place in the covenant family of God is assured because you believe in Jesus. It's a sure thing. And when we can understand that, when we can appreciate that, when we focus on him, we're then able to put the salvation equation aside and focus on ministry. I remember as a youth, I'm not even joking, almost every weekend we would have our events, you would feel like you had to become saved each and every week. You'd do things through the week and be like, oh, you know, I missed it, I missed it this week. Or, oh, I, I really misstepped this week. And you'd come to youth Friday night and you'd go to the altar and you'd say, forgive me, Lord. And, and it's important to have a repentant heart. Don't get me wrong. But you'd feel like you're going through being resaved <laughs> week after week. And I love how Paul, when you, as we get into Romans chapter 5, he's showing us that when we really grasp this position, this relationship that we have in Jesus... The security, it propels us forward in peace and hope. He says, come follow me on the narrow path. And so let's go to Romans chapter 5. And it says this, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that affliction produces endurance. And endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And down to verse six. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. This reconciliation. You have to appreciate all that Paul is saying here. At the very least, it's saying, you know, faith trumps all. And he talks about peace and hope and grace and essentially the foundation, the bedrock that he's establishing here is we have both peace and hope because of what God has done through Jesus. That we have hope for today, hope for the future. These two incredible gifts of hope and peace. And the reason why we're going here today and um, is I know last week, as you're hearing the preaching, uh, you know, in many respects, a very excellent message seasoned with humor and application and allegory and the whole nine yards. I wanted to make sure because one question did come through about the aspect of salvation. Am I saved? Am I one of the three or four that maybe aren't going to heaven? God is our judge. He knows the hearts of man. He knows those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul shows us right here that through faith in Jesus, you are secure in him. You are secure in him. Look at verse 1 again. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse two, we have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand. We all love access, right? When you can can go to a place and, and meet people that maybe otherwise you wouldn't be able to meet because you don't have the VIP pass, there's something about access. And as I'm reading this passage, I thought, Lord, thank you for this access that we have to your presence. Thank you for this access to your favor, That's what grace means. Maybe like me, you appreciate receiving that reminder. Grace means favor. That you, day by day, have the favor of God that's being poured out towards you. Wave after wave. That his grace is sufficient for you. That his power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul goes on to say, make no mistake, you cannot do this. You were were essentially a, a dead man without this work of Christ. This grace and hope that Christ has brought forward for us through today, from the cross to now, gives us hope. From the very beginning in the garden We're told that God's plan was to conform his people to his image. Right in the beginning with Adam and Eve, he said, let's make man in our image and likeness. And then something happened. It got distorted. Sin entered the equation. Sin entered the realm, if you will. The supernatural forces of darkness intervened and tried to distort the plan of God. And from then, working forward, God had a rescue plan to come and rescue you and I from all sin, past, present, and future. This is what Paul is showing us. This is that peace and hope that we have. And if we can understand our position in Christ, if we can understand that the will of the Father is to conform us to his image, we will be able to get up every single day, put the salvation equation to rest, and step forward into ministry. I can't begin to tell you how many times someone asked me, am I really saved? And maybe I'm making it too black and white, I don't know, I'm I'm, I'm comfortable in it, but I I always go to 1 Corinthians 12 that says, no one confess the name of Christ as Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today and you confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, he is my Savior, well you're in him and he is in you and you are saved. Now, the renovation is still happening. The spiritual formation of becoming more like Christ is still going on. Look at Romans 8, 28. It says this, We know that in all things he works together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Don't forget that part. Conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Justified means that we've been made right with God we now have peace with God because what Jesus has done on the cross and that because he's been resurrected from the dead and experiencing newness of life being glorified to his rightful place in heaven we too are being glorified with him look what it says in verse 31 what then are we to say about all these things if God is for us who is against us he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Look at that line. If God is for us, who is against us? Each day that you wake up, the moment that you, even, well, even when you're sleeping, in your dreams, who is against you? The spiritual forces of darkness Lucifer the devil is is trying to speak and work his way into your life to sow those seeds of doubt, of confusion, of misery. And yet we can trust that God who has called us, he who has gave his life for us because of his tremendous love, that we're being conformed to his image. Make no mistake, that work is continuing. If you look in the mirror today, would you say that you're different from five years ago? Maybe from a few moments ago. Maybe something happened even in worship. All of that's possible. It says that in Him, He works all things together for our good. And I really appreciate what Pastor Brian said last week. Make no mistake that His purpose is for us to be conformed to the image of Christ, not conformed to the image of the world. Not conform to the image that we believe Christ to be, but who Christ really is. He is light and truth. He is the salt of the earth. He said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. And it gives us a choice. Think about it. Before you gave your life to Jesus, you were a slave to unrighteousness. You were a servant of unrighteousness. But by faith in Christ, we've now become servants of righteousness. We were once lost, but now reclaimed. Look at Romans 3.23. I love this verse because every time, I I always joke about it, whenever I go play hockey, I feel like I'm falling because when you're playing sports and the aggression gets going, you're really tested. Look at Romans 3.23. Thank God for his grace. Thank God that when we sin, we don't lose life because if that was still the case, like the old covenant, we would all be doomed Romans 3, 23 to 24 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so when I wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, we're able to enjoy this favor, this grace that beckons us to come and follow him in crucifying our pride. Crucifying our way, our, our pride of our lifestyle, pride for our way, how we want to go about living our life in exchange for his. And I want to bring clarity to that, that last week even with the message was saying that when we surrender, when we walk in obedient faith, that there's things that he's gonna ask us to leave at the cross. Let me ask you a question. When Christ died and he was nailed to the cross, how many sins were nailed there? All of them. All of them. Thank God for that. He covered it all, his blood is, it, it, it purified all things. And yet if you were to say, well, you know, that's not really sufficient, it's subpar in a way you're saying his work isn't finished. And this is something that the church for many, many generations has wrestled with, I should say struggled with, because we want to go about things our own way. Like in the garden with Adam and Eve, they wanted to determine for themselves right from wrong, good from evil. So here, Paul is showing us very clearly in Romans 5 that since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And I love how he emphasizes that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God because you and I, because we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. There's no guilt trip. There's no shame. But don't misunderstand shame for an aspect of the Holy Spirit convicting us to walk in the ways of God. If I was to ask you here today, divine for me in a nutshell, the old covenant, what would you say? And it's one of those exercises that I appreciate when I was in Bible school that used to have this little paper bag, Isaiah. And they would put themes and verses in the paper bag. It's called popcorn preaching. And you'd have to reach in the bag, pull out a theme, and just start to preach. And I remember one day, I thought, why me? I reach in, and it just says, Old Covenant. I'm like, oh! I'm thinking, okay, where do I start? Do I go to Leviticus? You know, where? But I really appreciate that practice of going through as you read your word that you're able to then discern the word and how the Holy Spirit reveals, to God, reveals God's plan and purpose and how to communicate what the word is saying to us. And the old covenant for those who are maybe not fully aware is that without Christ, the moment that we sin, we have a loss of life. We are spiritually alienated from the presence of God. And so his law, which was holy and righteous, was intended to bring us into realignment with God. Hello? Is that, is that, is that him calling? <laughs> wow, that was, that was amazing. Where was I? <laughs> um, bring us back into relationship with the Father. And so it would be all about the people of Israel... The children from Mount Sinai saying, today I'm going to recommit, recommit. I'm going to promise, today I'm going to swear, I'm going to live up to those covenant obligations. Lord, I'm going to do it. Yahweh, I'm going to do it. Today's the day. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it in my fingers. Today's the day. And as we look through scripture, you know, misstep after misstep with all the good intentions, the people of God could not keep the covenant. God said, he made a promise to them, I will be your God, and you will be my people. And yet the people of God, they couldn't do it in so many ways, as Paul is showing us in Romans 5, without Christ, you remain one who is a child under wrath, under condemnation, under the wages of sin, that is, death. You're under the curse of the law, you can't keep it. But in Jesus, everything has changed. It's the dawn of a new day, like the, like the sun shining through the glass saying, today you can do it not because of what you've done, but because what Christ has done on your behalf. That's what the new covenant's all about. That in Christ, by way of grace through faith, we've been born again. We've been set free. We're no longer under this, the wrath of God judging sin because we are now in Christ. His blood has covered it all. And I appreciate the writer of Hebrews who says in Hebrews 6, verse 15, he talks about how God made this foundation. He established this by promising within himself. It says this in Hebrews 6, 15, 19. For people swear by something greater than themselves and for them a confirming oath ends every dispute. Verse 17, because God wanted to show his unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that through two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Think about it. On one hand, you have God the Father who cannot lie, in whom there's no shifting his shadow. He is the truth. He is the salt of the earth. He's a truth teller, not a liar. And on the other hand, you have God the Son Jesus Christ, he's not a liar. He's a truth teller. He's the saw of the earth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so he fulfilled this promise within himself, guaranteeing this oath, because he knew that his creation couldn't do it. And so coming full full circle, coming all the way forward to here to today, because of what God has done through Christ by his promise, those two unchangeable things, we have hope that's a firm anchor for our soul forever. That's why this church was birthed. Hope for today. The hope for you is that when you misstep, you are forgiven and his grace, his favor that's poured out towards you, wave after wave, calls to you, draws you to align with the will that he has for your life. Again, Ephesians chapter six, verse 24 says this, grace be with all who have undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it. Because of your faith in Christ, now, today, you're not only born again, but you had this love for God. The Bible says in Romans 6 that you've been made obedient from the heart, that you don't want to sin. You want to honor him with your life. And when those thoughts creep into your mind, that stinking thinking of the sin agent, if you will, that's the oppression of the spiritual forces of darkness, but you are eternally secure in Christ. Make no mistake that Paul he he encourages us saying, well, don't continue to go on sinning, but in many respects, keep your spiritual antennas up, continue walking with the spirit, and tune out those deceptive voices. Imagine, if you will, if we were able to really truly put aside the, the salvation equation, am I saved or not? It takes up a lot of our thinking. It consumes us at times. And one of the things that I deeply appreciate, I was nearing the end of Master's Commission, and my mentor said to me, Todd Matchett from the States, he said, Andrew, you are as close and loved by God as you will ever be. So serve him. Live for him. And that deeply, <laughs> that deeply impacted me because I thought, man, I'm, I'm complicating things. We love to complicate things. But it's as simple as Ephesians 2 8 and 9. For you are saved by grace through faith. This, this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one could boast. Right now, by faith, say right now, I'm born again. Isn't that beautiful? You've been reborn. By faith in Jesus, you cannot fall from that secure position. Jesus says this in John 10. Near the end, he says that the the ones that the Father has put into my hands, I will not lose a single one. Are you within his hand? Do you know that you know without a shadow of doubt you are in the palm of his hand? If you can confess Jesus Christ is Lord, guess where you are? The palm of his hand. You're seated in heavenly places in Christ. Look at 1 John 5.10. It says, the one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within himself. Remember, Jesus promised that within you will flow rivers of living water bubbling up to eternal life. I know I say it like you probably think, man, would you stop sharing that verse all the time? But it's true. It bubbles up to eternal life. He says, the one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I love this, verse 13. I have written these things to you. Imagine you are the recipient in many respects... To you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you came here today wondering, guessing, curious, am I in the family of God? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are on him and he is in you. And you are eternally secure in him. Look what he says in verse 14. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I love this. If we ask anything according to his will, I'm going to ask you a question. It's like a test in high school. You know, brother, I didn't do too well on some of those tests in high school, okay? But I'm hoping you can pass this test, okay? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We look at Romans 8, 29 that says the will of God is what? To conform us to the image of God's Son, if we're praying and desiring for that to happen in our lives, do you think he's going to do it? Amen. He's going to do it. But if you are determined to be, and I understand what my friend, my pastor friend, my my mentor Brian was saying, it's not about trying to skirt the issues. It's not trying to get as close to the line as you can. You've been called to a better life than that. Yeah, there's grace for you, but use the love to not be a stumbling block for other people. Be that light, be that salt of the earth, be different from the world. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, I'm so thankful that I am forgiven like you. Man, I've messed up in life, even when I was down in Dollywood, a great happy place. I remember I'm in the bumper cars and zooming around, bam, and bumping into bumper cars and all this, and I'm with my daughter. And uh, I didn't know one of the rules. Apparently, you can't put your foot on the gas pedal for them. And the lady's calling at me, and I'm, I look back, and I'm like, oh, what? She goes, sir, you can't do that. I'm like, do what? What am I doing? She's like, you can't. I'm like, are you crazy? And I just, I didn't, like, go off her, like, lipping her off or anything like that. But I was upset. I was like, what? And I thought, ooh, there's a little anger there. If we were still under the old covenant by basing the old covenant, that by that very sin, I would have had loss of life. Alienated, no choice of hope, no peace. But because I'm in Jesus, that moment there, the Holy Spirit says, come on, Andrew, <laughs> you know the better way. It's a narrow way. You know the way. And so I went up to her afterwards, and I said, listen, I'm really sorry, um, And I explained to her why I was upset, and I wasn't justifying it. My daughter literally sat in the corner of bumper cars for like eight minutes because the thing wasn't working. But I said, Listen, I got to apologize. And I even, I just, I really believe the Holy Spirit was telling me to do that. I said, Listen, I'm a pastor from Canada. I don't want to give a bad representation of Canadians. I don't know how many come to Dollywood, let alone, you know, pastors that maybe kind of lip you off. So I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. It's just, you know, with the accent, it's okay, sir. You know, and I was like, all right. <laughs> Look what it says in verse two. Again, we have obtained access through him by faith into his grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We're meant to rejoice. We're meant to celebrate this union that we have with the Father. That's what I appreciate so much so, about when we come to a time of worship, it's a time of celebration, that when, no matter what has happened through the week, even what happened moments before you arrived here, that we all come before Christ equal in his eyes. The Bible says there's no favoritism, but we can come there, we can lay everything bare at his feet. And he said, it's okay. I love you. My grace is sufficient for you. Now heed my voice. Come and follow me. In many respects, as we worship, that's what he's doing. He's prompting our heartstrings, as many preachers will say. Do you feel that prompting? Do you feel that nudging? Heed it. Follow it. I love how it says in verse 9 of chapter 5, How much more, then, since we have been declared righteous by his blood, will we be saved through him from Wrath. The truth of the matter is to bring it full circle is at the end of the day, we are in a time of urgency because on the flip side, on the other hand, those who do not know Christ, God's judgment is very real. His wrath against sin is potent it passes over us because we have faith in Jesus. Jesus says, "Anyone who believes in me has eternal life and has passed from death to life." From death to life. Look at John 5:22 to 24. The Father in fact judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son. Think about it. Some say Jesus doesn't judge anybody. Well, he came to blaze the trail to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, because one day, one day, I'm coming back. He says he's coming to bring salvation, but he also judged those who did not receive him. No no matter the way you spin it, to some this is aroma of life, but to others an aroma of death In verse 23 it says, so that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Verse 24, truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment but is passed from death to life. I'm just going to keep reading some scriptures. 1 John 4, 16-19. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. This ties in really nice with Romans 5. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God. Think about where you're sitting right now because of your faith in Jesus. You remain in God. You are seated and saturated in his love. Verse 17 says, in this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Wait a second, there's a judgment day? Yes, there is. Because he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. We love because he first loved us. His love covers us, calls us to follow him. I deeply appreciate the fact that I won't come under judgment. That my you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you're not going to face judgment. Because, again, if you can confess Christ as Lord, the Spirit of God lives within you. The sealing promise of that covenant relationship. No one can take that from you. People can declare and maybe even preach and say, be careful, they can steal it from you. There's a verse in the Bible that sometimes perhaps gets taken out of context where it says, work out your salvation with much fear and trembling. Think about it. We have every right to fear and tremble if we're not in Christ. If you're working out your salvation by what you must do, like the children of Sinai, you're in deep doo-doo. You're in trouble. But if you're resting in the security that's in Christ, you are firm and secure. The anchor for your soul is assured. And this honestly was the image that I saw when I was down in Pigeon Forge and I was touring the Titanic. We all know what happened Titanic, the unsinkable ship. And for me because I was prepping for this message, the iceberg was the old covenant. But when you trust in him, the impurities of that are removed and we're clothed and secure in him. What's actually really amazing about Titanic, just for a moment that helps give further illustration there, is they have come to find that at the very foundation of Titanic, there were impurities in the metal. Have you heard this? There were impurities from the point where the raw steel made its way to the rolling press. It was at the rolling press that it wasn't burned at the proper temperature that caused all these uh, impurities to form, which made Titanic more susceptible to breaking under pressure. In the new covenant, we break under pressure. But in the new covenant, we are secure. We are firm. And, sound. and what I appreciate what Paul is telling us here, not only the faith triumphs that we have peace and hope with God, but he's saying this is for all people. Again, in verse 1, Since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. All enemies of God. Even today, if you know someone that can say, I don't believe in God, just like the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. There's still hope for them. How would you feel today? You've probably heard someone say this. How would you feel if Adolf Hitler was in heaven? Probably say, no, no way. Well, this is still true. That anyone, we're told in John 3, 16, right? If you believe in the Son, they have what? Eternal life. That's why we love again this going passage. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John three thirty five to 36. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. Now, the good news here today is we're not resting there. The goal today is to bring a word of encouragement to say to you today that you are not a child under wrath. If you are in Christ, if you believe in him, you are born again. You've been set free. You have peace, grace, and hope. Hope. In many respects, as you look throughout the Word, and I know that we can at times we can have differing views of how we approach different parts of Scripture. But I really believe, 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 that the will of God from the very beginning is that we would be His image bearers, and that which was distorted in the Garden has been renewed, has been restored through Christ. That you and I are becoming His image bearers day by day. The salt of the earth, the light of the world that Jesus said you and I would be. But we need him, I need him. By the power of his spirit, he says, ask anything in my name and I will do it. We've already been told in scripture, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So when we say, Lord, there's this issue in my life, I thank you, Lord, that I'm firm and secure in you, but would you deal with this in my life? Would you remove it? I don't want it to, in many respects, become an iceberg. And yet, when we, when we hit with our blind side, that we're still secure in Him. Because we are members of the new covenant family of God's grace displayed in Jesus Christ. Is that helpful? I hope hope that's blessing you today, that the word of God says it is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Think about it. Sharper than a double-edged sword. Sometimes it cuts to the heart, but then we have the ointment of the grace of God. I said, it's okay. I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm not against you. I love you these are the words that I was pondering this week while away on vacation and I deeply appreciate this promise that all who believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Your family members, your friends, your co-workers. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that Even all our good intentions, even when we misstep or maybe miscommunicate, even myself, Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is able to teach us in all things. Lord, your word tells us that we don't need anyone to teach us, that your Holy Spirit guides us, convicts us, leads us in ways of everlasting life. Lord Jesus, I ask in this place that your name would be lifted up in our lives. Lord, all the things that you took and bore on the cross for us at Calvary, Lord, that we would leave them there by your mighty name that by your grace, we would walk in freedom. We would walk in the hope that is firm and secure. We would put the salvation aspect aside and walk in ministry. Allow ministry to go forth in our lives to share of your tremendous love, the peace and hope that we have in you. Thank you, Lord, that you beckon us day you lead us in abundant life and lord i think of those here today maybe whether in this place or watching online maybe they don't know you in this intimate way maybe they don't know you in this personal dimension of grace of hope and love for today you wrap your arms around them right now, in Jesus' name? That your love would become so tangible and so moving in their life, Lord, they would radiate with your presence. That renews our mind, gets rid of the stinking thinking once and for all, and that we can live for you this day forward. In Jesus' in your loving name, we ask and declare all this. Amen. 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 Brad, would you lead us? Thank you, Jesus. And as Brad, you know, leads us, I should say, if you're here today and you desire prayer, feel free to come forward. Otherwise, as as the team leads us, as Brad feels led, uh, you can be uh, dismissed. Um, But let's just take a few moments to respond and worship. Thank you, Jesus.